0: for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, Compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, we sure are glad to have it. From here at Compassion, we would like to wish every one of you a happy 4th of July. Amen. Amen. We live in the best country in the world, do we not? Amen. Amen. We, let me say that again. We live in the best country in the world, do we not? Amen. Today as we celebrate the freedom that we have as Americans, let us not forget to celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. That we have freedom today. The Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So not only do we live in a country that gives us the freedom that we have, but we also serve a God who gets the freedom that we so experience today in our lives. Amen? Amen. We're so glad to have you today. Thank you for being here this weekend. Many, many gone out, I guess, celebrating Fourth of July. They're all going to hell. I am just joking. But we're glad you are here and so glad to have in our service today. We, we begin a new sermon series called God Lies. Now, I want to clarify, my wife is not very happy about this sermon series. She Two reasons. One is she's not very happy because she said God does not lie. Two, she's not happy because, well, she said it's not grammatically correct the way that it is written so both of those she's upset about now we've already had a phone call this week somebody made a phone call to us said your sign says God lies God doesn't lie so let me explain what I mean by God lies because if one more person yells at me God, God, God don't lie I'm going to throw my microphone at you no God does not lie God never has lied and God never will lie this sermon series is not about God lies but God lies What that means is many times things that we say God said or His Word said that God did not say. We're the ones lying. We're the ones attaching things to God's name or to His Word that isn't true. And for the next month, we're going to dispel some of those things that we say that the Bible says that God ain't ever said, that His Word never said. That's what God lies means. Did y'all really think we were saying God lies? It sure got your attention though, didn't it? Some of you got mad about it, but you're here today. So today I want to share with you, in fact, I went to a movie this week. It was the movie about Elvis Presley. Anybody seen that movie? It's an awesome movie. I really enjoyed it. Loved it. Loved that movie and went good. Now, I will say that We got home, and many times what we do, especially, I'm a history buff, so I love history. So because of being a history buff, many times I want to know, was these biographies true? And so we get home, and my wife pulls up facts about the movie, and there are some things about the movie that are not completely factual, which that upsets me, because I'm like, the, the fact would have been just as interesting if you had not made it a lie. And, uh, and I'm not going to give away the movie. But there is a part in the movie where they see, they show a, a scene uh, in the movie where he is actually preparing for something. And while they're preparing to do this uh, show, uh, they're watching the news, and this bad event comes on, and it like alters the whole show. When that didn't even happen, that had already happened, it had already taken place. But they made it as if it happened right there. And all I can do now is say about the whole thing, they're liars. They're liars, and it alters history. And I, I, I'm i one of those that if you're going to do the movie, do the movie based off of history. Don't lie. But why do we do the same thing through the Word of God? God's Word is powerful enough, and God's Word is true. Why do we have to try to lie and change it to fit our narrative the way we want things to be or to motivate people to do certain things? So today, the lie that I'm, well... Want to share with you is this? You ready? You hear it all the time. It's proclaimed all the time. It's spoken all the time. But it's this one: God helps those who help themselves. It's nowhere in the scriptures, but doggone it! You say, I see. Some of you right now are going, "Oh my God!" I've been telling people that all my life: God helps those who help themselves. James chapter one, verse twenty-eight. It's not in there. Well, pastor, it's a good sentiment. It is. It it is in some way, and we'll talk about that today. But I'm going to share with you today why why it is a God lie. I'm going to share with you today why sometimes we take the word and try to make it fit our narrative. But the problem with that is, is God's got a better narrative. God's got a better plan. God knows what he said, why he said it, and there's a purpose to why he said it. And when we try to take the word and twist the word to fit our narratives, and we know why we say God helps those who help themselves. We know why we say it. We're trying to motivate somebody. You lazy bum. Get off your rear end. You ain't doing jack diddly squat. God ain't going to help you because you don't help your stinking self. That's why we say that. The problem is, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't actually say that to us. It doesn't actually tell us that. So what I want to do today is I want to start right with a verse. I look in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, and it says this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itchy or itching ears. They will heap for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside. Listen to this to fables, lies, fairy tales, things that are not true. But you be watchful in all things, endure do affliction, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let's pray, Lord. We thank you for the word that we're about to receive, and I pray that every heart and every mind would be open to receive God what you've got in store. And I pray today, Lord, that not one person would leave this house the same way that they came, but Lord, they would leave today knowing that you have blessed them and changed them forever and ever. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. And amen. Uh, Paul is warning Timothy here, in other words, that you, you need to be careful. Stick to sound doctrine. There will be those who come and try to lead you astray. There will be those who come and try to change what Jesus said and what God said. And, you know, I want you, Timothy, to understand stay true to what God's word is. For the time will come when they will endure, they will not endure sound doctrine. Listen, we've been going through that most of our lives. We're here today going through that. In fact, I think as now, right now, as Christians, more than any time in the past, we're having to struggle with what we believe as Christians because the world is, is trying to come against us in that area. In fact, I was going to do another sermon today about midweek. I changed it because I just kind of feel be a little bit controversial, but I was going to actually talk about that God is not a politician. God doesn't care about your politics. We seem to care about our politics, but God doesn't. In fact, I got a friend of mine today preaching a sermon called God Isn't an American. God is not an American. And I can imagine how that one's going over today at his church on 4th of July. (laughs) But the reason I backed out, because I know in our church we're probably split back down the middle one one side, one side. Listen, I've never lived in a country the way it is right now. We're so divided. And I just don't understand why we cannot learn to get along and why we cannot just learn to agree, to disagree. We're not going to always agree on everything. But this thing, if I disagree with you, you are an enemy and you're the devil and you're the worst thing in the world. I do not get it and it makes no sense to me. Let me get off my soapbox. I'm really mad because it was a good sermon. I'm really, I am mad because it was a good sermon. I ain't going to preach it because I'll make some of you mad and, well, anyway. And sometimes that's fun. When I do make y'all mad, I enjoy that sometimes. So why is it when it says that God helps those who help themselves, why is it not biblical? Why Why is it not? Listen, I'm not saying there's not a sentiment in the word. What I'm saying, though, is that phrase is not a biblical scriptural phrase. So why? Number one, it is a lie because it is not what we do, but what he has already done. It's not what we do, but what he has already done. The part that makes it a God lie is when it comes to salvation. There's nothing but nothing that I can do to receive God's grace. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, died on a cross for me that through his death I can have eternal life and through the shedding of his sins I can have forgiveness of my sins. To understand why did I just say something I messed up? I did. Forget it. I'm still thinking about my other sermon. So, I really just so bad I want to preach it. I'm not going to forget you guys. <laughs> to understand why, we must look at what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Not me. There's nothing that I do that is worthy to receive God's grace, God's goodness, God's salvation. There's nothing that I can do that is worthy of it. It's only by what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. See, what happens is if we're not careful, and this was happening. Remember, last week in the sermon that I talked about, it was happening that there was something else you had to do, that you had to become like the Jew, or be Jews, or be circumcised, or Judaism to actually be saved, and that was not true. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing as the body of Christ. We'll do the same thing as Christians, that we want people to be like us, act like us. Do everything like us. So because of that, we'll put all these, these different rules and regulations on them to receive God's grace when there is nothing, nothing that you can do to receive God's grace but believe and ask. That's it. You gotta believe that he is the Son of the Living God. You gotta believe that He died upon a cross for you. You gotta believe that He rose on the third day. Listen, if you believe that He died on the cross but didn't raise on the third day, then you don't believe in Jesus Christ. That he rose on the third day and lives forever at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me. You've also got to believe that if you've asked, you've received and you are saved. Amen. Many times as a pastor, I've had the same person raise their hand every Sunday for salvation. And I'm like, Father, one day I went to God and said, listen, you don't have to get saved every Sunday. Now what I'm assuming is you live pretty bad during the week, just do me a favor. Stop sinning. Just stop. I don't need you sinning anymore. Just stop sinning. But even then, you ain't not gotta get resaved. Just ask God to forgive you. You're already saved, redeemed on your way to heaven. You don't need to get resaved every week. Just say, God, forgive me for my stupidity this week. And God, just to let you know next week, eh, is a little iffy. So if you'd help me, it'd be a lot better. See, the reason why this script, this kind of God lie can be so bad is is that it tells people that there's certain things they got to do to be saved when they don't believe and ask and you shall be saved. But we create this lie that they got to do this and they got to do this, and as soon as they get saved, they got to look just like us. Remember, when they just get saved, it doesn't mean they're perfect yet. How many of you, when the day you got saved, the next day you were perfect? Raise your hand. I wasn't. I'm a pastor and I'm still not perfect. I know you thought I was. She has an amen. In any other part of my sermon? And that screen right there is God saying he doesn't like what you just did. See, it's a lie because it's not what we do, but what he has already done. That saves us. John 3, 16 says it best. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, what? Yeah. Believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's not what I did. First Peter 3, 18 says this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that might bring, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, being made alive in the spirit. I am justified not by what I did, but by what He did. Praise God for that—that that I am saved by His love. Amen. It is a free gift that only comes from Christ Jesus. Number two, it is a lie because it's not about what we do, but what He will do for what we will do for Him. That sh- He shouldn't be there. I just noticed that. But what He, what we will do for Him, is what that should say. In other words, let me tell you the other problem is many times what we don't say. the Bible says that God desires obedience over sacrifice. You can go out and work and work and work and do all these hard things and all these difficult things, but can I share something with you today? It doesn't matter if it's not God's will. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 22, verse 41. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. It's not about doing what we will, what what will make us better, but doing better at what his will is. It's not, listen, let me say that again. It's not about doing what will make us better, but being better at what his will is. That's what God wants you to know today. It's not just about God helps those who help themselves. No, God helps those who does his will. It's not about doing more to be accepted. It's about doing more that God wants you to do. See, we many times have this idea, this understanding that if I just do, 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 that will be enough to make God love me. Listen, God already loves you, but what you need to realize is God wants to bless you. Stop being reliant on the power of your own will, and start being reliant on the promise that comes with doing His will. Stop being reliant on the power of your own will, and stop and start being reliant on the promises that come from doing His will. So your greatest desire as a Christian is to say, "God, what is your plan?" God, what is your purpose? God, what is your will for my life? God, I want to know that I'm smack dab in the middle of what you desire for me. God, it's not about, you know, in other words, uh, God helps those that help themselves. No, God helps those who want to help God and his purpose and his plan and his will for their life. If you could understand the strength that comes from your surrender. Listen to James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The greatest thing you can do is submit your will to God's will. God, is not what I want. It's what you want. God, is your plan for me. God, is not for me doing more, but it's me doing more for you. If we'd ever come to that understanding that God can bless us, it's not about you increasing so you can do more, but allowing him to increase in you more and more. It's not about you doing more. It's about you saying, God, come in me more and more and more let me have a deeper more profound relationship with you god i pray today that my eyes and my heart to be open to see your plan and your purpose for me god i pray today that i walk i walk in unison and in unity with what you desire for me god i pray today that lord in jesus name that you and i would be connected like we've never been connected before that's what god desires Philippians chapter two, verse five says this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore God, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God, forever and ever. Amen. In other words, it's about us decreasing, so God can increase. What is that thing in your life? Instead of you doing more of, you need to do less of. What's that thing in your life that really it's not about making a greater relationship with God, but it's about making you look better. What's that thing in your life? Truth be told, it never was about drawing closer to God, but drawing people closer to who you are and what you're doing. We must humble ourselves so God can increase. Now, here's the question Pastor, you said it's a God lie. Does that mean there's certain parts of it that are not, or all of it's not true? No, there's parts that are true. How many know that we do need to help ourselves in some way? Amen. That we do have certain things we need to do. Although it's not a phrase from the word, it doesn't mean that parts of it aren't from the word. So, Pastor, what do you mean? See, we need to realize that we do have to help ourselves. Amen. We realize there are things that we need to do. So I started praying this week about what are some of those things that God would, would have us to do without ever dismissing that it's only by him that we are saved, not by anything else that we do. What would we do to say, okay, God, it's, I've still got to do, but I'm only going to do your will. That's what I'm going to strive for. Here's the things that God began to lay upon my heart today, and I want you to write this down. Number 1 listen listen it says in John 8 verse 47 he who is of god hears god's word therefore you do not hear because you're not of god you want to know what you know what you need to do today if you are of god you hear his word listen to his word read Know his word. Understand his word. What the pastor said, that God doesn't help those, who, I I don't have to do anything, so I'm not even going to read my word. No, you need to read your word every day. You need to know God's word. Study it every morning. Study it every day. It says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You listen. See, your responsibility as a believer is to have your ears open, to listen to what God is speaking to you today. God is forever talking. Do you know that? But can I tell you that he speaks in a small, gentle voice? God doesn't scream. He doesn't shout. If you don't believe me, go on the mountain with Elijah. Thunder came. And the wind came and the fire came. But then at the end, there was a small voice. See, God wants you to understand, if you're not hearing the voice of the Lord, it's because you're not listening. All the loudness of your life is drowning out the very voice of God that is trying to speak to you today. You've got to listen. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. See, some of you, oh, I hear God speak all the time, but you don't ever read the word of God. Then God's not speaking to you. Because you can't know if God is speaking to you if you don't know God's word. The Lord told me today, right now, that man, I'm, to, I'm to leave my wife and go marry somebody else. You didn't hear that from God. The Lord told me today, he said, we need more money in the church so I'm going to go rob a bank pastor right after service. You didn't hear that from the Lord? Well, if you want to. You just pay your tithes quickly. And leave out where you left some of the money. Just don't tell them where you took it. I will say that's one of the biggest things that drive me crazy as a pastor and as a Christian. God told me, God didn't tell you that. Because that don't line up with the word of God. God told me that God gets blamed for more things. You want to hear one of the greatest lies of the word of God? Not the word of God, but the word that we say is God. God told me. God told me. Let me say this to you. Be careful saying that. Because the Bible says, do not use the Lord's name in vain. That is not talking about GD. That is saying attaching the Lord's name to something that the Lord did not tell you. God didn't tell you nothing. In fact, can I tell you, do me a favor, stop saying that. Say, I feel like, I've got a feeling, I think. But stop saying God told you. You know why you say God told you? It puts more validity to what you're about to say. Because I'm the type of person, when you say to me, God told me, in the conversation, we're done. I hear all the time different things as a pastor. God told me I'm supposed to serve in this position. You can't sing. I've actually had that. People want to be on the praise team. Well, God, I had a lady leave my church because God told me on the praise team, she couldn't sing. God told me to leave the church. I'm so tired of that one. I'm so sick of that. God told me, you're full of it. Unless the Lord takes you and takes you somewhere else to serve in a position or to serve on staff, God ain't going to keep moving you from church to church to church. You're full of it. That ain't God. That you just can't fit where you go and get mad and offended by everybody just going from place to place and blaming God for it. God told me to serve in this position, and two weeks later, you quit. God told me to quit. No, He didn't! It's a God lie that you keep saying. And the problem is, it keeps making you look worse and worse and worse. Because nobody believes that God is speaking to you. Because you attach God's name to so many things that aren't God. Listen, number two, learn. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's proffered doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteous that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Your job is to listen. Your job is to learn. And you learn through the word of God. It inspires you. It profits you. It corrects you. It instructs you. It completes you. And it equips you for every good work. I gotta hurry. The third is you love. You love. What do you mean, pastor? I love. That's it. You love. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hinge all the law and the prophets. You love. You listen. You learn. You learn. You love, you love God with all your heart, mind and soul and you love your neighbors, yourself no matter how they treat you, how they act towards you you still love them. And the last one, live. You live, but you live for Christ. You make a decision that you're going to live for Christ. I'm going to love him, I'm going to listen to him I'm going to learn from him and I'm going to live for him. God helps those that help themselves. It's not what the Word of God says. But I'm here to tell you today that God will bless you if you will understand you're saved by grace and grace alone. And if you'll decide, I'm not going to do it for me, I'm going to do it for Him, and that's why I'm going to do it. Will you stand with me this morning? every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to speak a prayer over you today. I usually ask you to raise your hand, but I just, I want to speak a prayer for you today. Lord, I just pray for everyone that is here that God, they would stop spreading lies about God that are not true. That, Lord, they would only repeat what the Word of God says. They will only speak the Word of God. That, Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name that, Lord, everything that they do and say will be for the glory of God on the Most High. I speak today, Lord, no more of these God lies. No more speaking things that don't come from your Word. No more twisting and twisting and twisting, Lord, to fit God's Word into our ideas and our motivations. And our agendas. I pray today, Lord, in Jesus' name, that our our truth would be from Your Word, from Your Word. Every head bowed, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then I want to introduce you to my Lord. He loves you. He accepts you just the way you are. He died on a cross for you that through his death you would have eternal life. Through the shedding of his blood you have forgiveness of sins. If you're here today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Anyone else? I've had one raise their hand, give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised your hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. It's a new name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you in my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent, and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. Amen. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.